everybody ready? Probably everybody I mean Cassie. Is Cassie ready? <laughs> I'm always ready. I can't believe you drink coffee this late at night. It's 7 p.m. That was I coffee, been up right? Since five. Yeah. You're gonna be up till 5 a.m. tomorrow. No. Not at all. Okay. Well. Gonna crash I will soon. sleep like a baby. Look, I'm yawning. <laughs> 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 all right. So. Today on the podcast, we're going to do another music history, or not music history. That's what our whole fucking I, podcast is. I was about is. to say, I'm <laughs> pretty sure that's what we do all the time. God damn. <laughs> my brain, it's it's simply not working, my friends, but a song history. It is Wednesday, my dudes. Because <laughs> we, we did a couple of song history episodes. We did the story behind Layla by Derek and the Dominoes. And I feel like there was another one. Oh, yeah, the silent composition one. Not that anybody knew that and was like, oh, what is the silent composition? But I think we're going to go into some of these song history ones. So today we're going to cover Smoke on the Water. Uh, you didn't want me to sing it. Oh, and I was I was camping with some people. You didn't. Did you want to do it? You no, wanted to I'm good. Cover. You wanted to do your cover version. No, you'll is have to censor me. Thought that I meant. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, There's no lyrics. It's just baseline. Sorry, what? <laughs> As I was just scrolling on our episode list because, well, we just recorded a PMRC hearing episode for Patreon and we couldn't figure out if we had like done it before because <laughs> we knew we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did record that the like more in-depth details on the hearing and a lot of information from D. Snyder himself. But I was scrolling through our episode list and I saw this Garth Brooks's Chris Gaines one. And I fucking knowledge bombed some people this weekend about it because we were listening to 90s country, which is like your just, favorite thing i'm obsessed with it a little bit right now okay yeah i made i i've been listening to shania twain who non-stop. are you and where is alex i love 90s country so i'm, hey, I'm on this really isn't she a monorail uh no she's gonna be at austin city limits oh that's what sparked that? it okay. i fucking want to i would love to see shania twain i love her sure you didn't so have i've been coffee? listening but anyways chris Gaines um was Garth Brooks's Alter Ego, which mm-hmm. we covered in our mini episode number 95. And so while we were listening to Garth Brooks, they were like, oh, I wonder about Chris Gaines. And I was like, let me fucking tell you Where that whole that? album. Because they were like, why? Why would anybody do that? Like, why did he do this? And I was like, it was for a movie, but the movie got scrapped because the album fucking sucked and nobody liked it. And then I played them the song. I was like, he's supposed to be a rock musician. And they <laughs> listened to it and they were like, what in the goddamn fuck? They were like, this is the worst song I've ever heard. So anyways, um, Chris. saying that about. Deep Purple now? Garth Brooks. No, I love Deep Purple. Garth Brooks's country music is more rock and roll than his rock and roll record was, which is fucking crazy. And today we're talking about the real deal rock and roll old school. Deep Brother. So good. That's where you were going. Classic. Fucking classic. This is the song everybody learned how to play guitar or bass to. But first. Not me. Jake has something to say. As soon as I finish burping. (laughs) <laughs> we'll there we well, go. Right. Wrap it up, Cassie. You're an expert at burping things, right? Can you help him out? What do you mean? You want you me to burp? You title? have a baby, <laughs> so uh-huh. maybe you can help Jake burp. Oh, oh. I was like, eh, eh, eh. I didn't know if you wanted me to burp in place of him. Do you need me to slap you real hard in the back? I thought yeah. you wanted her to to, to burp, burp out the intro. Yeah, that's why I was like, mm, <laughs> burp out the intro. Do you think you could do that? Not right now. Absolutely no, I, not. You know those people who like force themselves to burp. Yeah. Are you one of them? 
No, I can't remember his name. There's a guy on YouTube. I don't know if he does videos anymore, but he would do like the mega loud fucking burps. He'd yeah. chug like a whole Coke and then just swallow a whole bunch of air. And then he'd walk up to people in a park or something. Yeah, it was <laughs> like the shit out of And then he would just walk away. <laughs> like For nothing what? happened. Because they hilarious. would freak the fuck out. They'd be like, what the fuck is that? And they would turn around and then he would just like wipe off his mouth and keep walking like, <laughs> like it was nothing. It was hilarious. It was great. Um, speaking but, uh, of chugging a whole Coke, I think that we should do that Sprite thing. Have you seen that before where they chug a whole Sprite and then you either like throw God, up or so shit? Yourself like or three years ago. I want to do it. Where have you been? Wow. I'm not even on on social media, and I know about that. I one. know. I'm just saying. I think that we <laughs> should do it. I think it would be fun. Oh, but you'd have to do it with a bag on your head, which would probably be even more fun. It would be fun. Maybe. That would be funny because then you would just like wet your bag. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyways. Uh, yeah. There's anyways. a mosquito in here. Fuck. Is it a mosquito? It. I think so. <laughs> yeah. No, I almost no. I knocked him out of the way. He's still flying around somewhere. Oh, that Damn little man, bitch! I'm gonna get bit. I'm gonna get bit. They always bite me. <gasps> it's Jake's fault. Oh, Jake! Isn't there a screen? Yeah. Anyways, Jake, do your part. Right. Uh, fuck. Yeah, if you'd let me, you are listening to Death by Music podcast. Of course, I am Jake. If you haven't figured that out already, uh, and I'm here with Cassie and Alex uh, for another mini episode. Hell yeah, you are. So today we're talking about Deep Purple, a band with a modest five members. Nothing crazy like That's Leonard Skinner. Don't <laughs> go too fucking overboard. Uh, this is by Stephen Toe. That's T-O-W. Ah, not, thanks for clarifying. Not T-O-E. I know the listeners <laughs> at home my next question. needed to know, why would anybody choose the surname toe they wouldn't it's t-o-w and this is from loudersound.com which is a website that we use a lot so i really appreciate them smoke on the water might have been the most well-known riff in all of rock but there's no denying the deep purple classics place in the pantheon of greats and this actually kind of connects back to our other fucking shit that we just did the pmrc because frank zappa was also an artist at those hearings and this story has to do a little Frank bit with him. Z. Yeah, so Stephen Toe's 2020 book, London Rain Over Me, How England's Capital Built Classic Rock, tells this story of London's impact on rock music from skiffle and late night raves on Eel Pie Island ew, <laughs> to the blues, blues boom and the birth of progressive rock. Don't tell me England's trying to take credit for blues music. Oh God! No, they they just had that boom in the '60s of uh, that's what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, because the blues, they, their they artists over it. there actually loved blues music, whereas yeah. in America, I don't think it was as respected for a time. Uh, with a foreword by Bill Bruford and featuring interviews with Ian Anderson, John Anderson, Dave Davies, Peter Frampton, Roger Glover, Greg Lake, John Mayle, Carl Palmer, Richard, holy fucking shit, and a bunch more people. It transports a reader from the wreckage of post-war London on a journey to uncover the story of classic rock. you call him John Mayall? Birth. Mayall. Okay. I don't know. I said it fast. Yeah. I was like, that's Mayall. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you say, say it fast. Mayall. Say it fast. John Mayall. No, faster. No. Mail. It's mail. Uh, mail time. In the excerpt below, Roger Glover explains the story behind Smoke on the Water. All right, Richie Blackmore came up with the classic riff. Dun dun, Cassie, you can sing it now. A little excessive. I don't but know yes. if they used a wah pedal. Wait, wait, yeah, <laughs> close enough. 
Yeah, that's essentially the riff. You guys have all fucking heard it. So, quote, I thought I'd play Beethoven's Fifth Symphony backwards. Put something to it. Huh. He stated in a 2007 interview. That's how I came up with it. It's an interpretation of inversion. You turn it back and play it back and forth. It's actually Beethoven's Fifth. So I owe him a lot of money. That's crazy. It's also the devil's music. What the fuck? Beethoven? Beethoven? was the devil. Playing it backwards? Oh, <laughs> Beethoven. <laughs> Only if it has a secret message. What would you put backwards at the end of this episode? I don't think I know how to do that with audio, so never mind. No backwards messages. We'll okay. tell you forwards to go fuck yourself. Um, so that may have been a joke given Blackmore's <laughs> sense of humor, but one thing isn't. He wrote the riff in fourths, which is a medieval style of writing. Sounds like a nerd. So he's uh, he had played around with that type of writing for a few years before stumbling upon what would have become the iconic riff of Smoke on the Water. The story about the song's creation somewhat mirrors that of Freeze All Right Now and other classics written as toss-offs and in a hurry. Deep Purple were in the midst of recording their seminal 1972 album, Machine Head. Uh, so anyways, they recorded that at a casino in Montreux, Switzerland, when somebody set off a flare gun and the building burned to the ground. This was during a performance by Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. So Deep Purple had nowhere to record. The guy who was in charge of the casino and kind of looking after us came to us, Glover recalled, and he put all his problems aside and was worried about us. Our equipment was there. We were there. We had no place to record. So he arranged to have us move into a small theater nearby the old casino. The ex-casino, I should say. The band set up on stage and ran cables out to the Rolling Stones mobile studio. Mobile, mobile studio. studio. Wow. Whoa. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, recording began in the afternoon. How do they do drums in a mobile studio? It must have been like a box truck. Or they something. said drugs. How, <laughs> how do they do drugs? I'm like I'm sure it's pretty easy for they, them. They it do, was the Rolling Stones. They could do drugs in any space at all. Um, I don't know where the fuck I was. Okay, so the band took a break for dinner and returned to the studio around nine or ten p.m. We started jamming a bit, said Glover, and Richie just started this riff. I don't know if he had the riff beforehand or whether he made it up on the spot, but it was kind of a mid-tempo, plotty kind of riff. The words musicians use to describe their tones and sounds, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking Blah. about? It came together fairly quickly. Well, this is a verse. We need a chorus. How about this? How about that? Let's do a solo. And by the time we started recording it, it was about midnight. We were doing the first take of this song. It wasn't quite song yet it was just a jam with a kind of rough arrangement to it and what we didn't know is that the police were trying to get in and stop us because we were keeping the whole town awake oh shit mantra was then a very sleepy town populated mostly by old ladies who had tea in the afternoon (laughs) so now the band had to find yet another place to record in the small idyllic quiet town There weren't many options, and it took a few days to find a suitable space. So we came across the Grand Hotel, Glover recalled, which was then closed for the winter. Oh, that sounds like a good... That sounds pretty fucking cool. Uh, A cold sort of place. I mean, it was freezing cold. After all, it was November, December time. We arranged to have a carpenter put a couple of walls up. We threw some mattresses against the windows. This reminds me of our first fucking podcast studio, man. Uh, brought a couple of industrial heaters to heat the place before we arrived there during the day. And we basically recorded there. We did Highway Star, which is a fucking badass song. 
pictures of home and all those, and we finished all those, and we were still short of a song. Well, what about that one jam we did at the other place? Yeah, okay, well, what are we going to do with it? Let's write a song about the adventure of actually coming to try and record, uh, and the place burning down and ending up doing it in a hotel corridor. Let's write an autobiographical song. And Ian, Jillian, and I sat down... We listened to the song. We said, right, well, let's write down some lyrics. And we wrote them down as conversationally as I'm talking to you. I came up with the title a day or two after the fire, Glover recalled. I said it half asleep as I was waking up. I realized I just said something out loud in the hotel room to no one. There was no one there, just me. And I thought, did I just say something out loud? What was it? Smoke on the water. We never thought for a minute that it was going to have the kind of future it was going to have, adds Glover. We didn't think that much of it. We thought, mid-tempo, slightly boring. We put all our <laughs> efforts into another song on the album called Never Before. We thought that was going to be a single, but it wasn't us that chose Smoke on the Water. It was first of all some DJs, and then the public at large tuned, turned it into the song it's become. Now listening to it, it's obvious. The riff is so simple and yet so different to anything else, and I know Richie himself has said it's like Beethoven's in a way. Beethoven's fifth. What Beethoven does with just very few notes, that riff does with very few notes too. But it's got a hint of Eastern mysticism to it just by the semitone lift. Instantly recognizable, and yet nothing like anything else. In retrospect, Smoke on the Water is pretty hilarious. It's like writing a song about any mundane daily activity. I went to the grocery store to buy some cheese! That's actually a quote from him. <laughs> but in this case, it turned into an all-time classic. I can say I've never analyzed the lyrics to that song. There aren't very many. Or I, even I just listen, think of really the... listen to it that hard outside of Smoke on the Water. The rest of it, I couldn't even tell you. Well, a lot of those like super classic rock songs, like the big major ones that you would learn or that would be on like Guitar Hand or Guitar Hand. What the fuck? Guitar mm. Hero or Rock Band. Yeah. Whoa. Um, you don't really think about, like, what is any ACDC song about? I don't fucking know. They're just saying words, and you hear the words so many times that you don't really pay attention. Highway like, to hell. They don't have any more meaning. I was learning about Highway to Hell recently, too. Shit, we'll have to do that one, because that's a whole yeah. nother, like, crazy story behind that one. Um, but yeah, it says that Deep Purple was in the audience for the show, and then uh, two flares were shot off by someone sitting behind him that landed in the top corner of the building and set it on fire. Frank Zappa stopped the show and helped ensure an orderly exit. What a bunch of dicks. Why would you fire a fucking flare gun indoors, you dumb yeah. bitch? Like, what the fuck? What are you trying to accomplish? Yeah, so it says Deep Purple watched the blaze from a nearby restaurant, and when the fire died down, a layer of smoke had covered Lake Geneva, which the casino overlooked. Frank Zappa, who is mentioned in the lyrics, lost all of his equipment in the fire. He then broke his leg a few days later. Oh, my God, when a fan pulled him into the crowd at a show in England. You broke your fucking leg? That man must be fragile. Wow. <laughs> this prompted Ian Gillian to say, break a leg, Frank, into the microphone after recording this for a BBC special in 1972. <laughs> Uh, they they were reluctant to use the title because they thought it sounded like a drug song. Yeah, I guess smoke on the water. They didn't yeah. want they didn't want to get in trouble. Uh, Richie Blackmore has an affinity for Renaissance music, which he writes and performs in his duo Blackmore's Night. He says that he first took interest in it uh, in 1971 when he watched a program called Wives of Henry the Eighth. And let's a lot see. of wives. 
yeah, right? He's the mm-hmm. you know there you you know how you mentioned Herman's Herbits? Yeah. They have the song called they wrote Henry that, the Eighth. They wrote that song? Did they I wrote was just, that? Did they wrote the, yeah. I was Henry, just thinking that I was gonna ask. Who wrote that one song? Henry I'm the Henry the Eighth, I am. Henry the Eighth. Henry the Eighth, I am, I am. I got married to the widow next door. She's, She's been, been married, married seven, seven times, times before. before. So he's the eighth Henry. Everyone was a Henry. No she way. She wouldn't have a Willie or a Sam. You know, I think she had a Willie. I don't know that song. She had eight Willies at the very least. You don't know that song? No. Oh my God, we're going to listen to it uh, right yeah. after to. this. No. And then we'll listen to Snuck on the Water. No. Yeah, the band didn't even <laughs> think that it was it. a hit. They didn't even play the song live, really. But when they did, everybody lost their shit. Sure. I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, it's funny because there are so many cases of songs that the artists, like it was a throwaway. They just fucking wrote it to put it on the album. And I got did you get it. I did. Ah! What are you? Rest in peace, mosquito. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. Um. So, anyways, there were a lot of cases of uh, bands like putting together these songs. Ew, putting together songs and um, like they didn't think it would be a hit, and then it ends up being their biggest <laughs> hit ever. Look at its blood. I wonder whose blood this is. Brutal. Probably mine, to be honest with you. Tbh. All right, we're going to check Cassie for wounds, and we're going to listen to Henry VIII by Herman's Hermits. And you should, too. It's a great song. Thanks for listening, and rest in peace. Bye. Especially Mosquito. (laughs) Later. My Music Podcast is written and produced by Victoria Motler, Alex Motler, Cassie Gardner, and Jake.